in Hello, all you movie freaks out there. It's time once again for Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then you know what this show's all about. This show's about horror movies. It's about science fiction stuff. It's about cool, weird, obscure, strange, out there stuff that you should be watching. And that's why I'm here, is to tell you all about these movies. So if I sound a bit uh, stuffy today, I've been battling a head cold due to the uh, Slayer concert that I was at earlier last week, and in which I actually uh, focused one entire episode on heavy metal concerts. So uh, I'm still getting over that, so I might sound a little bit off, but... Uh, regardless, I'm going to keep right on trucking with uh, with my Dario Argento list of greats. And uh, I'm going to do another episode of of the Thumbs Up movies from Dario Argento. And the first episode that I focused on his stuff with, I covered Suspiria, and I covered uh, Tenebrae, and Phenomena. Those are my three favorite Dario Argento movies. And he's got such an extensive library of movies that... Uh, most of which I, I enjoy. Um, I'm not going to focus on all of them. However, I am going to focus on my, fa- my my very favorites of the bunch. And then I'll probably spend w- at least one episode on ones that, uh, what were you thinking, Dario? Come on. So, um, but this is going to be another thumbs up episode right here. So, and like I did with the previous, with the previous episode, I'm going to start with my favorite one of the bunch and then work my way back. Uh, just to make sure that I spend enough time on uh, the ones that I really like uh, the most. So, uh, and that is, there's going to be three of them again today, and I am going to be focusing my first little mini capsule review slash discussion about is Dario Argento's 1980 sequel to Suspiria, Inferno, and uh, just just so you know, obviously, being this is not. This was not on the first episode. This is not as good as Suspiria, in my opinion. However, it is a very, very worthy follow-up in the fact that it really isn't a follow-up. It's almost, it's, it's almost like it's its own movie, uh, but there's enough ties to the original Suspiria that, that just, it makes it so cool that it's not a direct sequel, uh, but it's just kind of an ongoing story with, within this little universe of the, this coven of witches on earth. And so Argento continues that with Inferno and then he wraps it up in 2007 with mother of tears. And unfortunately things drop off drastically with mother of tears. Uh, and that just seems like it's kind of the way it goes so often with, uh, and I hit on this before the, it seems like some directors, the older they get, the more they, it's like they get into this slump and they just can't get out. And, even by Mother of Tears, he was in a slump. It doesn't help that, uh, you know, these are fairly low-budget movies, and then they rely some on CGI and instead of the old-school practical effects that, that his earlier works showcased. And that just hinders the movie so much. Uh, however, if you are going to commit yourself to watching Suspiria and then Inferno, you really should watch Mother of Tears just to see the entire trilogy of... The, the Mother's Trilogy. So, 
Uh, I'm going to read the back of this gorgeous-looking Arrow slipcover Blu-ray release. And the cover, the front cover, by the way, is uh, extremely R-rated. Uh, it's quite something. I'm not even going to begin describing it, but let's just say it's uh, it's out there. Uh, Okay, after the box office smash, Suspiria, comes the second mind-scrambling installment of the Three Mothers trilogy, a psychedelic trip into gut-wrenching horror. Join Master of Terror Dario Argento as he takes you inside a world of surreal fear and bloody violence. As a brother and sister delve into a series of gruesome New York murders, it soon becomes clear that the devil is at work. A coven of witches are abroad, and they bring murder, death, and escalating insanity with them. Get fired up on one of the masterpieces of Euro Horror. Get ready for Inferno. And uh, like Suspiria, we've got the Goblin score going on that is so, so, so tremendously good. Uh, without that score, i got to say, in a lot of these cases, with some of these older Italian movies, especially Dario Argento stuff, it's all about the music um, and the mood. Uh, the, the acting sometimes almost comes secondary. It's almost like the acting is kind of hammy. And in some instances, it works extremely well because it's so disjointed and bizarre. The the acting isn't quite... It's like almost like overacting. And then you have these big, garish, brightly lit sets. And then this pounding, techno-y, this Euro-techno stuff going on. And then, you know, every now and then throw in some really graphic violence. And uh, it's just... They're so bizarre, and they just they don't make movies like that anymore. They don't. Uh, so, uh, anyway, Inferno is a really, really good movie. This one here actually took me uh, two times, and I, the first time I saw this, I think it was back on the, in the VHS days, but it took me two times to watch it to really appreciate it, because the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, this is kind of slow, and this isn't like Suspiria. Well, once you realize, yeah, it's not like Suspiria. It's its, it's own beast, and it works within those uh, those limitations, I guess. Uh, I personally think that the music in this is every bit as good as Suspiria. This is probably um, this and Suspiria are probably my two favorite Argento uh, Argento Goblin collaborations. The the Goblin music in this. There's a couple parts where. The music so doesn't fit, and that's what makes it work so beautifully. Is there's there's a scene of it, there's an investigation, and you, you know you know they're going to find something, and all of a sudden this booming loud techno music starts, and it doesn't fit. But that's what makes it work so well. Is it just it kind of knocks you over the head? You're like, whoa, what is that? And it's so good. It's I love it. It's like my favorite part of the movie. Actually, uh, is this one scene where they're just they're investigating something, and this loud goblin techno music starts. Um, the end of this movie is crazy. I think that the end of this movie is uh, even more insane than Suspiria, although the rest of the movie as a whole is not quite as entertaining as Suspiria. It's still so, so, so good. The cinematography is beautiful in this movie. Uh, there is a uh, there's even some underwater scenes, and I don't want to get too much into the plot of this thing because it's really, really out there. You just have to experience it. You just have to know that there's there's these witches on Earth, and they just happen to pop up here and there, and these people are thrown into a situation, and they have to deal with it, and that's kind of all you need to know. So if you're into that type of thing, then uh, 
I highly urge you to check this out. A uh, couple couple notes here on the movie. Um, this one here, uh, strangely enough, uh, there was a lot of scenes that were actually directed by Mario Bava. Uh, Dario Argento was rarely on the set through most of the shoot, and I would like to know why a little bit more. This is just some trivia uh, on the movie. I think that's so bizarre. Uh, however, that's not a bad thing. Mario Bava is a fantastic director. He probably influenced Dario Argento. Um, all of the murderers' hands on the movie in in the movie, and there's not a ton of of kills in this movie, but what there are uh, works quite well. Trust me, it's a Dario Argento movie from the early '80s, and that means you're going to get some really nasty violence and black gloved killers. Even though this is not a Jalo movie, uh, it still it has those attributes, and those were all, all the murderers' hands in the movie was Dario Argento. I think that's really cool. Um, James Woods, of all people, was the original choice for the lead, but he was already committed to Videodrome. Uh, and Videodrome was released in, uh, in 1983, so I'm not sure if, if it just took a long time to film Videodrome. I'm not sure what the deal was there. But anyway, that's interesting. I think that would have, that would have definitely added a different feel to this movie with James Woods as, uh, as the main protagonist, I think that would have been very interesting. Um, so uh, the uh, obviously Mauro Bava was involved in this movie. He assisted with the making of the special effects on the film, but he passed away uh, shortly before its release. And I have already touched on uh, some of Mario Bava's works. And so, yeah, it was like right around this time where he was still very prolific, doing a lot of work, Mario Bava was, but um, it's just unfortunate that he passed away when he did. Uh, movie was shot in three months. It has a very good, uh, cool, dreamlike sheen to it. It feels very dreamlike, like Suspiria. Although I do think that Suspiria itself uh, is more of that waking nightmare than this is. But this one still has that a very similar feel to it. Uh, so uh, it's it's worthy of note that it they do try to give it that nightmare reality type thing. I think that Mother of Tears, the third one from 2007, does not have that. It doesn't feel like that at all. That, In fact, that feels like a direct-to-video movie with some really good special effects. Uh, and, you know, for nostalgia's sake, uh, it's the, the, the third in this trilogy. So, um, anyway. Um, just looking through the, uh, some of the other notes here, and I, I'd like to talk about the end, but I can't. Uh, because the end is so bizarro that you have to see it to believe it. Um, there was uh, an English film critic once called Inferno the most underrated horror film of the 80s. Now, that's pretty um, pretty out there. It's good. It's very thought-provoking, but uh, the best... The best, most under, or the most underrated movie, horror movie of the 80s, yeah, that's pushing it. Uh, but it's just interesting to hear other people's takes on, on these movies. Um... Um, I, there's, there's some other stuff. Uh, one thing here is kind of, kind of interesting. Dario Argento was ill with a severe case of hepatitis throughout the production. At one point he had a, he had to be bedridden for a few days, leaving the production to work on only second unit. Argento has since called Inferno perhaps his most challenging film for this reason alone. And that's probably one of the reasons why Mario Bava was filling in for him. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so anyway, there's a ton, ton, ton of, uh, of other notes on this movie. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
there's all sorts of stuff on the fact that this was a hard movie to make because he was sick and all that stuff. But regardless, it's a really good movie. And if you're into Suspiria, then by all means, you really should give Inferno a a shot because it's another one of those bizarro Italian movies that just seems to work in its own nightmare reality type of way. So uh, anyway, big thumbs up there. And I'm going to be moving on. Uh, Now we're going to jump back five years uh, to the movie that really, really made uh, Dario Argento known. And that would be 1975's Deep Red, uh, also known as Deep Red Hatchet Murders and also known as Profondo Rosso in uh, Italy. I probably butchered that, that, but that's okay. Um, I love this movie. This is so good. Um, in fact, I'm going to probably speak almost more highly of this than Inferno, but uh, it's neck and neck to me personally. Uh, I'm going to read the back of my Blu-ray here. Uh, the bloody the bloody kills and red herrings come thick and fast as Dario Argento weaves a twisted web of sadistic intrigue in this classic giallo from the genre's golden era. A black-gloved killer hacks a psychic to death, but there was a witness. Marcus Daly, an English pa- pianist, rushes to the scene, but he's too late to save her. He cuts out, or he sets out to solve the murder, but at every turn the mysterious slayer strikes, cutting off each line of inquiry with acts of grisly violence, each more shocking than the last. Uh, I will just start by saying this has one of the most bizarro scenes of a slasher movie I has, I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, I won't say too much about it other than it revolves around the most creepy, unnerving uh, puppet you've ever seen. And in fact, I would strongly guess that... Uh, that James Wan, that when he made Saw, I would highly guess that he got some of his inspiration from this very, very, very creepy doll puppet thing found in this movie. It makes no sense, and it's awesome. It's enough reason to watch all two hours of this movie. Speaking of which, there are two versions of this movie. There is the American cut, which is about an hour and 40 minutes, and then there is the Italian cut that's an uh two hours and six minutes, and I've watched them both, and while the Italian version does add uh, some unneeded exposition, and it kind of drags a little bit more so than the American version, I strongly advise you to watch the Italian version, just because there's a lot more uh, plot uh, plot extensions, and everything just makes a little bit more sense. It has, it feels like it has a lot more breathing room versus the American version. But the American version is, uh, surprisingly, the American version is very watchable, and it's not a complete train wreck like so often movies that are butchered are. It works as a fast-paced uh, slasher movie, giallo movie, whereas the Italian version is much more of a a slower-paced whodunit murder mystery with some uh, with some slasher stuff thrown in there. So, uh, anyway, very very good. Both versions are very interesting to watch. Uh, okay, so um, uh, David Hemmings is the uh, is the star in this, and he is a great actor. I really like David Hemmings. Uh, he's done some great work. He was in Gangs of New York. He was in Gladiator. Uh, he's been in so much, it's hard for me to even know where to begin, but, um, 
his his IMDb is extensive. Trust me. So uh, great lead actor in this movie. That that definitely helps. The acting is definitely a notch up from a lot of Argento's other stuff, and a lot of it comes from David Hemmings. Um, the uh, the murder mystery itself is really 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 well done. Uh, this one here is he took everything that worked with his with his animals trilogy from the early seventies and he put it into a much more visceral horror themed uh, Jallo and it works so so good. Uh, if you're a fan of Alfred Hitchcock, you'll probably enjoy this movie. It has all of those same trappings and it works so well uh, it's uh, it's unnerving it's well made the music of course as usual with pretty much every single Argento movie from the 70s and in the into the mid 80s the music is going to be just killer and this one here is right there with it so um, just some trivia here that I'm going to throw your way uh, the the close up of uh, bear with me here um Pull this up here. The close-up shots of the killer's hands clad in black gloves were performed by, of course, Dario Argento. Who else? Uh, the role of Carlos. Uh, some of this stuff I have to be careful because it's spoilerish. Um, uh, so I have to be careful. Let's just say that there is a trans that there's a transvestite in this movie, and again, their sexuality is rampant in Dario Argento movies, and this is no exception. Um, it's not extreme, but it's it's there. Uh, Argento is very open about sexuality in his movies. He's cast his daughter in Asia Ar- uh, Argento in a lot of his movies, and she gets naked in darn near all of them. Um, but there is a transvestite lover in this movie, and it was she was actually played by a, a female actress. It wasn't a, a real transvestite, but anyway, yeah. Um, but again, please keep in mind, don't let that throw you off or, or dissuade you from watching this movie. It's a very minor bit, but just keep in mind that Argento is very um, very into that type of thing in his movie. So there's gay actors and there's you know, transvestites, whatever, but it's not, it's not to where it's a distraction, in my opinion, I, I, I don't think. Uh, so uh, anyway, I, I, it's, some of these movies are so hard to talk about. Because it, they rely so much on not knowing what is coming. And you just have to be kind of in the dark because it's a murder mystery. And the more you know about it, the more you're, like, you're going to be looking for stuff. And so uh, you don't want to know that. Uh, some other notes here. After the initial success of Dario Argento's next movie, Suspiria, which uh, Suspiria was right after Deep Red. Uh, Deep Red was released in Japan under the title Suspiria Part 2, even though obviously there is no plot connections whatsoever with Suspiria, and it was made two years earlier. So, yeah, weird. Um, Let's see here. There was 11 seconds that were cut, made in 1993, to the Redemption video, and the Platinum DVD restored the brief It's a Dogfight scene, Seen uh, the one cut was retained. Uh, so again, there there is there are numerous different versions of this movie out there. But on Blu-ray here in the states, Blue Underground has released Deep Red in its full uncut version, and so has Arrow in the UK. I have both versions actually because I love this movie and I love the artwork and the collectability of them. Uh, but uh, make sure that you watch the most complete version of. 
of uh, this movie because I do think that it 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 works the best that way as a sprawling whodunit. So if you like that type of movie, I think that you're going to really, really enjoy Deep Red. And I wish that I could talk about it more. I really do. But getting too much into the storyline of the movie, it's just I don't want it to be spoiled for anybody. And it's one that if you're into this type of thing, you want to go in blind, not knowing what to expect, and then just really, really enjoying what you see. So rest assured, if you're a fan of 70s Italian horror, you will love Deep Red. I can promise you that. Uh, Okay, next up, last movie of of today's episode is going to be, let me just pull this up here, Um, there it is, 1970, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one for the audience out there in Italian, but regardless, uh, um, I I really think that uh, that this one here, even though it's from 1970, is a very worthy collection. In addition to this series here, uh, this was one of three of the Animal Trilogy from Dario Argento. Uh, there was also uh, let's just I want to find them just so you know what all of them were. There is Bird with a Crystal Plumage. Then there was Bird with Crystal Plumage, Four Flies on Gray Velvet, and Cat O Nine Tails. And they're all, all three of them are good to varying degrees. I do think personally that this was my favorite one. And this one here, basically what this one is, is deep red, except it's not near as violent. Um, but it's still him trying to very much do the uh, Alfred Hitchcock type movie and murder mystery type thing. But this one here has all the trappings of of that genre. So you've got the black glove killer, you've got a, a mystery, and you've got a, a scenario that does not make sense. Like, how did this murder happen? Like, something's not quite fitting right. And then it all ties together beautifully in the end. And this one here, I love the ending of this. I love how everything comes together and how it's determined what actually happened. I think it's it's brilliant. I'm going to read the back of the movie here. Uh, Dario Argento nails the giallo blueprint in Bird with a Crystal Plumage, a brutal thriller that packs a gory brace of terrifying murders alongside its genre-defining mix of red herrings, leather-gloved slashers, and stylish decor. Now... Even just after that, just so you know, this movie is, it would probably be rated R now, but very light rated R. Uh, So just keep that in mind. Uh, When Sam, an American writer in Rome, witnesses an attempted slaying in an art gallery, he unwittingly sets the killer's sights on himself and his beautiful model girlfriend. But soon things start to unravel as it becomes clear that the identity of the unknown slayer is very much open to question. Somebody's killing everyone. Who is the evil fiend? Could it be Sam himself? Argento's groundbreaking shocker combines eye-popping visuals with a seamy vein of sadomachism. I'm going to butcher that word because I'm sick and it's going to be... Just say there's sexual violence in the movie. How's that? Uh, And a lust for violence to create a genre-defining movie classic. So, again, it's not as hardcore as it may sound on the back. um, But it's still... It's still that type of movie, so just just so you know. Um, 
the I, I, I again, I, so, some of these movies are very hard to talk about without giving too much away. So I, I'm not going to say a whole lot about the story other than it's very intriguing. And it's not like one of those, like, the people that you're actually questioning, like, well, might that person be the killer? It actually works. And you're actually thinking, that that person might actually be the killer. And a lot of times when you're watching this, this type of movie, you're like, no, nah, come on. All, you, know, you don't buy it. You kind of know who the killer already is. And so you're like, come on, get on with it. That, not so in this movie, I don't think. I think that that Argeno did a very, very good job of disguising who the killer was and making you keep guessing and keeping you interested in the storyline. Um, it was his first solo directing gig, and I think that he did a great job for his first solo directing gig to make something like this. And it is a classic now. This is a classic piece of cinema. I'm very impressed. It was shot in six weeks. Um, uh, I, I, I'm just very, very, very impressed that... that he was able to pull this off, and then after that, I mean, he did that. His first, his first foray into directing, he does a trilogy of movies. I think that's brilliant. That uh, it, it was this and Cat o' Nine Tales and Four Flies on Gray Velvet. Uh, it's unfortunate though. This is the best one, I think. I think Crystal Plumage is the best. Cat o' Nine Tales is also very, very good. That one is a is is way more mystery and almost no killing. Uh, so that one is just more of a, a really good crime mystery thriller. And then Four Flies on Grey Velvet, he tries to get a little bit psychedelic, more psychedelic like he does in some of his other movies. Um, so this was, that was his first one that he really got kind of into that. And it's my least favorite of the three, uh, the three Animal Trilogy movies, but it's got such a killer ending. It's probably got the best ending of all three of these of the animal trilogies. Uh, so anyway, but I might get into those other two at a later date, but, um, regardless, crystal plumage is my favorite one from his, from his, uh, earlier years. And, uh, and this is a very, very worthy, worthy addition to your collection, I think. So if you are wanting to get into these types of movies, then the first six Argento movies that I've been talking about are definite wins. Uh, if, uh, obviously, if you don't like that type of thing, then stay away because they are very much filmed in a certain style from a certain time. They have a certain feel to them, and you, if you're not into that, then you probably won't like it. But I happen to love it. I think that it's brilliant. I think that uh, most, if not all, good horror from back then came overseas from either Italy or the UK, and that would be Hammer Studios and then just everything that the Italians were doing. Almost all of my favorite movies from back in the day uh, are from over there. Other than you, know, you, you have the occasional Night of the Living Dead and the the Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, but for the most part, my money would be on uh, the Italians and the British to be turning out awesome horror back back then. And uh, Crystal Plumage is another big win. Again, I wish I could talk more about the plot, but I can't because it's a whodunit, and you can't know whodunit until you watch the movie. So, uh, anyway, so those are my three movies for Argento today. Uh, I'm still not 100% sure if I'm going to continue on with my with the, the thumbs up or if I should maybe uh, throw in a thumbs down episode with his work. Because trust me, as much, as, as much praise as I'm heaping on his body of work and the stuff that he has been doing... There are some dogs in this list. Trust you me, there are dogs, and I've seen them. 
Uh, I've seen almost every single movie he's done. Uh, there's I, I, there's a couple that I have not, but uh, for the most part, I generally see I, I generally am able to find a couple things that I enjoy out of even a bad Dario Argento movie. Uh, it's just sometimes it's unfortunate when there's a, a really good movie in there yet. For some of his movies, that really good movie is ruined by some really bad acting or the movie goes on for 20 minutes too long uh, or the special effects are not what they had been back in the back in the golden days of horror. So there's a certain things that just like, come on, off, oh, you just wouldn't have skimped on that. This would have been a great movie. And I want to but I'll get into that later. That might even be my next episode is is what could have been for some of his movies. So. Anyway, so that's going to be it for this episode, part two of my Dario Argento series. I really hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that you try to at least watch one of these movies. And if you don't watch any of these, at least try to watch one of them from the previous episode that are just killer, dynamite, awesome, because they really are. Uh, So anyway, that's going to do it for me today. My name is Eugene Weaver. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any comments or questions or movies that you think I should watch or movies that you think that, hey, you know what? You really should never watch this as long as you live because it'll make you, uh, it'll make you way dumber than you already are. So that's all I need to know. Um, also, make sure to listen to uh, the other show that I'm a co-host on. That would be Movie Freaks. And you can find us uh, over on YouTube. And we are talking all things this month, Christmas, which I'm actually going to be doing uh, at least one, possibly uh, several episodes on Christmas-themed horror over here on Cinema Soft Underbelly. And that will probably trickle over into Movie Freaks as well, because we're definitely going to be talking about some of the same movies uh, on this show and that show as well. And, of course, as always, I have to mention our friends over at Cinema's uh, Cinema Sidekicks. They're always fun to listen to, and I'm always looking forward to the next episode that they that they do. So, anyway, that's going to wrap it up for me today. Again, thanks for listening. I'm Eugene Weaver, and until next time.